Streaming. Streaming? Is it up? Yeah, we're all good. We are live, Mr. Are live. Awesome. <laughs> Just, uh... Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Atlantic Bushcraft Adventures. Tonight we're on episode 199. We're going to talk about cabin camping. And as you might have noticed, uh, I'm not sitting in front of my normal setup. Ben is running the setup here tonight. I am sitting out in my sunroom. We still have, uh, you know, holiday stuff going on and things like that, but hopefully everybody can hear me and we have no problems and things will go on as normal. Other than that, uh, this idea here for cabin camping was kind of my brainchild for this week, simply because uh, over the holiday season, I am going to be taking my wife, Melissa, out to a cabin to do a little camping, to unwind a little. We have grandparents down. They're going to keep an eye on the child for a night and we're going to wander off to a cabin that's way back in the middle of nowhere and basically just try it on wine because uh, we've been going non-stop for like <laughs> literally over a month straight now between her being her ece my work willie all that good stuff and we just kind of need a night off and as we were getting ready for it a bunch of things kind of came to mind so i thought you know it'd be a great time to uh up Literally, I was going to talk to Ben about it anyway, and I figured why not do a podcast on it and everybody can join in and maybe some good information will come out there. Maybe not. It's hard to say. <laughs> you know, as most things we do here, it's um, it's a lot of trial and error. Yeah. So to set the premise up, this is generally if you're going to use a, um, for lack of a better word, a free use cabin. So these exist throughout the world. Not everywhere has them, but you would have a cabin that's more or less available for use. And the thing with these is there's no set standard what you're expecting. You may show up and have uh, a table and a couple of wooden beds, and that's the entirety of what's going to be in there. You may show up and it may have all kinds of utensils, some cleaning products there could be stoves available you never know what you're coming into when you come into these things so if you visited them before you got a better idea but again since you're not necessarily the last person to use it you may show up and find it things that you expect it to be there are no longer there and vice versa so i've got a little bit of experience with this i think you have more than me but i've i've definitely gone and camped in a few spots where this was the fact like when you showed up there was in fact a cabin that you could stay in and there's you know what do you bring what is the the uh... and I kind of think you hit the nail on the head there a little pre-knowledge goes a long way here uh, and we do have the benefit going out here tomorrow night that I've been to the camp not too long ago actually uh, if Steve's listening to us there he'll know the one I'm talking about uh, we're going to sneak back there, and I know some of the basic items that are going to be there. I never count on the niceties or the extras to actually be anywhere, but like the hard set items is generally where I start for what's at the camp uh, as opposed to what do I need to bring. So the things I know that are at this camp is there is a camp, it's watertight, uh, and there is a wood stove inside. On top of that, I also know that there's a table with a couple benches to sit on. There's also some uh, 
steel bunk beds and some stuff like that. But I mean, I never really rely on that stuff unless I'm going by myself or like me and Steve. And I knew we were going to be sleeping on bunk beds and, you know, different things like that. But I generally don't rely on the niceties. The the main things is what I look for. Is it watertight? Does it have a stove? If it doesn't have a stove, am I going to heat it? Am I not going to worry about heating it? Um, does it have a table to sit at? That's kind of nice, but I don't really it's not a make or break deal at all. And I don't plan on the table being there. Uh, Cause you never know between the last time I went there, maybe somebody went back, the table got broke and it's been removed. You know what I mean? But I highly doubt that the stove's been removed, but I mean, that's always a possibility as well. That's something you should always tuck in the back of your head. Uh, especially when you're going out in weather like this, like here it's about minus seven Celsius here tonight. Um, as you can see my breath as I'm, you know, talking on the podcast and stuff. So that is something I got in my back, in the back of my mind. I am planning that if for some reason we have no heat, our sleep systems are going to be warm enough to keep us warm uh, regardless. But on top of that, like I said, shelter's been taken care of. So one, we're going to be dry. Two, I'm not going to be sleeping on the cold ground. Um, You know what I mean? I'm going to be up. I'm going to have that working for me. Those are all niceties. But there's... I don't necessarily pack my bag the exact same way as if I was going to go out with Ben, like we did at the waterfall or the backside of the lake or out in the middle of the woods or something like that. There's a bunch of stuff that I no longer need to take. And there's some extra things that I could potentially take to make the stay a little nicer. And this is the thought process I had for this whole episode was at what point does it stop being bushcraft and start being, you know, just a night out. And I guess that, to me, that becomes uh, more of a mentality thing. And funny enough, we were choking with the in-laws there. I, I said I was going to take the chainsaw. Uh, I know that I can drive really close to this camp. Uh, I know there's still a bunch of Fiona blowdown in there. Uh, there's a bunch of old trees and stuff there. Like years ago when I was there and uh, when I was just back there not too long ago, I know a lot of them blown down, perfect firewood. Could I bring my buck saw and buck them up? For sure. But I mean, seeing I'm going to the camp, I know other people use it. Why don't I take the chainsaw? I'm going to have somebody with me. So safety's, of course, you know, being priority there. I probably wouldn't bring a chainsaw if it was just me and myself uh, in case something happened. You know, that's always something to be considered off as well. But now I can go in and cut some firewood up and I can potentially leave firewood for the next people that are coming in because they may not have the advantage of having a chainsaw or a second person with them or anything like that. That kind of comes into camp etiquette which I assume we're going to touch on kind of towards somewhere in this talk here. Ben. Yeah. And, and I think it's actually a good time because you've already brought up one of the most important things um, with the etiquette and, and it's not the most important and the most important we can bring up in a second, but one of the most important things is you should always leave these camps with enough firewood for at least a minimum of one night. Ideally you leave it with as much wood as when you got there. So if you show up for a night and you burn, you know, two arm loads of wood, you should ideally put two arm loads of wood back. Now that's not always going to be possible, um, but if you are going to leave it, don't leave it completely empty because you don't know what the state of the next guy that comes in. So somebody could come into one of these later and be in. Okay. Uh, apparently your mic's really low, Ben. Uh, people can't hear you too well. My wife just came out and informed me. How's that? Any better, I wonder? I don't know. Sounds better to me. I can hear you louder. Okay. So I turned the gain up. Uh, I'm just looking at the scale. It looked like it was going in good. So, um, 
I don't know if I can change anything on that here. I'm sure I can. Uh, yeah, so it is important that you leave the amount of firewood in there that you, you kind of started with. Um, and actually, me and Steve have a similar experience. We did one way back in the woods one time, and that was something that um, the conditions for firewood were not ideal for us. So we did go in and cut a fair bit, but I think we probably left a couple of less sticks than we burned, but we left, we did replace most of what we used, and it was some firewood there when we got there. Um, that being said, it can be difficult. The other thing is to try to leave everything in at least as good a condition as, as you find it. Um, so, and it's kind of nice to leave something like if everyone brought in and, and left something nice there for the next group, it sort of grows and it becomes a bit of a community thing. Um, so a lot of people will bring in cards. I've seen crib boards in there. I've seen lanterns left back there, fuel, extra fuel for stoves and stuff. Um, candles, candles are a really good one because they're, they last really well. You don't have to worry about them go bad. Um, and all these things really kind of help the next group that comes in. Lighters, matches, uh, I've seen a lot of the few ones I've been in of like non-perishable food is sometimes left. Um, a big one so I like to leave is like packets of instant coffee. Now, if you're going to leave something like that, make sure that it's, you know, sealed up really well because these cans probably are going to have a rodent run through them at some point. So if a rodent can get into it, you're basically just making garbage. Uh, but if you can seal it up, and there is Tupperwares and stuff back there that seal up nice. There's a couple old ammo cans where some of the stuff's kept. Uh, that's a great nice idea to leave back in some of these cans. If you do have access to like one of the old steel ammo cans, sometimes yeah. you can pick them up at Army or EV surplus stores and things like that. They're great for putting uh, items in it that, you know, potentially squirrels or mice or something like that can get into. Because I don't care how well your place is sealed. If there's nobody staying in it for an extended period of time, they're going to find a way in. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, tin cans are, are, are really good, I guess. The old cookie cans. Yeah. You know what? Uh, you can get a lot of different shapes and sizes of those. Those are pretty good because most small rodents will not get into them. They won't chew through them. It'll outlast them. Um, that being said, larger things like raccoons and bears, they will get through that like it's not even there if they get in. Um, so you try not to leave anything that's going to attract those type of animals because they'll, they'll break windows. They'll tear out doors. They'll do a lot to get to good food um, and they're just trying to survive so just keep that in mind if you put food in there that's going to attract them then you're kind of the problem not them uh, if that makes sense right oh no it makes perfect sense I mean the reality is a lot of these camps are just that they're out in the woods you know what I mean like the woods is the bears territory not really your territory you're just kind of sharing it and moving in for lack of you know, being better. Hey, Steve, welcome to the show, bud. Um, and good point, Ben. It's nice to bring back things like MREs and stuff like that, and I have seen those left at camps, and that's great. But if they're open, like not sealed in a container of some sort, they just become a snack for things. Uh, I've seen a lot of, like you said, Ben, non-perishable canned items or, you know, long-life canned items. Uh, but once again, sometimes with those long life can items like beans and soups and things like that, it could be years before anybody gets back to use them. So 
don't feel bad if the next time you come you notice that your stuff is at a date and you potentially have to get rid of it. Uh, now, I don't know about where you're at, Ben, but another thing I wanted to bring up there was we have something called like Good Samaritan uh, status or Good Samaritan laws here in Nova Scotia. Generally, for cabins and stuff like that, if they're deep enough in the woods, um, it's kind of good form that these camps will be unlocked in case somebody becomes lost or stranded and they find access to these camps. Uh, they can get in and get warm or at least get out of the elements and stuff like that. Now, not everybody does that, uh, but a good majority of folks, at least in this neck of the woods, will do that. And they're kind of going on the honor system. A lot of places, they, they won't tell people where these camps are because they don't want people coming and going all the time. But if you are lucky enough to stumble across one and you're out in the woods, uh, same kind of deal. Don't go relaying all this information on a whole lot, being like, hey, guys, I found this wicked camp. Uh, here's the coordinates to it, unless you know who owns that camp and they're okay with it. Uh, yeah. Once again, these are people's property or they're, they're public property and stuff like that. You don't necessarily want every Tom, Dick, and Harry coming into these things and destroying it. Uh, because it, your friends might be great, but who do they tell? Are they going to be just as good? I mean, that once again, that just kind of falls under the good etiquette for camps and stuff like that. Or at least in my opinion, Ben. What's your thoughts on that? No, 100% true. Um, you do have to treat them with a lot of respect. And the fact is, when you do find ones that are locked up, it's generally because people have done things to them. People have gone back and found that their stuff has been beat up, they're... Their, the reserves that they left there were gone, the firewood was all burned, and so they're frustrated, and they lock them up. And they, you know, we don't lock things up because we don't want to share them. We lock things up because we don't want to lose stuff. And that's why people do end up locking. That's why some of this stuff is, is not as available as, as you'd like it to be. Um, so, you know, there's where the etiquette comes from, is, is you know, when you show up, leave it in as good a sh shape or better than when you uh, when you arrive. And the big one, like you said, Ben, is firewood. That's the one I always appreciate that's left, or mm. that I try to leave for other people. Because you never know who's going to blow into this. If somebody does find the camp, they might be cold, they may be tired, they may not have the ability to fumble with trying to make uh, kindling or split up wood or go cut firewood for themselves. So for me, anytime I leave this camp particularly... I always try to make sure there's an armload of wood and at least enough kindling to get one fire going. That way, if somebody does stumble into it, they can get themselves warmed up, they can get the dexterity back into their hands, they can kind of reassess how they're doing, and then they can go from there. And hopefully, if it is an emergency situation, that's all they need to kind of give them the edge to hopefully, you know, get some help in there and get them found out. Or if it's just somebody coming back to visit the camp, maybe they blew in late and they'll just be appreciative of it when they're finished using the camp or whatever they'll restock the supplies uh those little fire starters from the dollar store like i i'm big on leaving a package of those back every time too it's basically sawdust uh used with wax i'm sure most folks know what i'm talking about dirt cheap easy to buy but great for starting a little fire you just shave a little off you light it up you throw the stick on top of it you throw your kindling on top of that you can pretty much walk away and you know you're gonna have a fire yeah yeah so i mean yeah, you, you've covered a lot. We've covered a lot of it there. Like, we, I think, and we could end this conversation, this whole thing, really quickly if you want. Because really, the trick that's is that's the etiquette part of it. I mean, yeah. we kind of hit that one, so I figured we might as well clear that up right away. Yeah, you show up and you leave the place in as good a shape as 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 when you found it or better. And you know, it's really nice if you're, if you're coming back to one semi regularly and you see, oh no, there's 
there's some work that needs to be done. It never hurts to bring back some nails, some screws, uh, to repair a small hole in, in it if there's a hole, or fix a, a leak in the roof, or, you know, bring some caulking to caulk around some ceiling or whatever. Like, just little repair pieces. Um, in your case, you're talking about bringing a whole chainsaw. I mean, that's great because, you know, not everyone who shows up with a small buck saw is really going to be able to replenish a ton of wood. Where if somebody comes in with a, ch a chainsaw, be it gas or electric or whatever, they, they're in a much better position to fix that stuff up. And it doesn't take long with a chainsaw to go back, knock down four or five standing dead, or even some partially laying dead, uh, and stack it up in a place where it'll dry. And that was one of the str struggles we had. There was not a lot of standing dead close anymore. So the cabin has been used for quite a while. And we, we were walking further and further back, and it was dangerous terrain at the time. It wasn't ideal for us, and we tried even paddling around the lake to see if we could find big, better spots, but pulling back things in a canoe was somewhat limited. Now, like I said, we, we feel we left it in as good a shape in that regard as when we, when we arrived. So, um, But I would have loved to have left like more than we took for sure. So like I said, it was close, if not a few few logs less and some of it was obviously not as dry because we just cut it um yeah and that's kind of one of the big pluses that i'm gonna have with this place where we're going once again i see steve's here now he'll know where i'm talking about this place even comes with a little woodshed which i know is stocked with nice dry wood however with all the blowdown, there's probably a good four or five quarter wood uh softwood hardwood mix you know what i mean it's all blown down the trees are now dead um some of the folks I know have already gone back there and started cleaning it up a little bit, like junking it in four-foot sections, six-foot sections, whatever, just to try and clean up around the camp. But uh, now I'm going to try and junk a lot of that up into actual firewood, and we'll just stack it there, and it'll dry. And, you know, eventually they'll be able to come in, split that up, restock the uh, the uh, woodshed there. But, I mean, that's, that's a lot of work for somebody that doesn't necessarily have a chainsaw. So that's where I was like, okay, you know what, I can basically drive to this camp. So why don't I do a little extra for the use of using it? I guess that's what it all comes back to with camp etiquette. Just do unto others as you wish done to yourself. You know, the old proverb, it, it goes exactly here. If somebody was to use your camp and they left you a whole bunch of firewood and stuff, you'd feel pretty good when you go back in. Just try to do the same. Yeah. Um, you mentioned a good Samaritan thing. Um, I know further up north it's even more important and it's 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 a it's a more enforced law and it's where if you go back and somebody tries to get into your cabin and they have like you know their stone machine is broken down or whatnot and they're seeking shelter um, you actually I believe can be fined if it's not accessible um, in that situation and it's perfectly okay for them to smash a window out to get in to, to protect themselves and really you have no real standing to come back and say well man you busted my windows like well <laughs> you locked it and I needed to live so and that's the thing when it becomes life over limb much like in fire service if it's life over limb yeah. you go with life every time you know what I mean limb could be a window in this case but... yeah. I had an acquaintance I'd love to call him a friend but we're not going to uh... I had an acquaintance years ago. He went back in the woods with a snowmobile. And uh, it was one of these newer, bigger machines than I was used to. And as, as a such, what happened is he went over some 
low brushes, bushes, and what happened is the snow above it collapsed in, and he went down. And what he, he told me afterwards is no matter how hard he tried, all he could do was get it back up, up and it would collapse back down. He couldn't get out. Uh, it was just too much. And it, it came to the point where he realized he was too many kilometers back to walk out before it got dark. And so he knew he wasn't going to get the, the machine out, and he knew there was a cabin not too far away, so he, he went to that cabin and stayed in that cabin. And when Search and Rescue found him, and I don't remember if they found him that night, or early the next morning. He was perfectly fine. He was camped up in the camp and he was sitting back there and having a, a you know, a pretty good time. As far as I remember, he was warm and dry and comfortable. And that was sort of the thing is like, he did the right thing. And some people kind of gave him a bit of a hard time for not being able to get his machine out and putting himself in a position where he, he was, that was the state. Like he was alone, he was far back there and not in the situation he could get himself out on. But he was fine and everything worked out. Keep that in mind, you know. These these cabins serve that purpose. They are an emergency spot too for people who are in that area that need shelter. Um, yeah. So we talked a little bit about camp etiquette. Um, so I guess where I started off before we dove down that rabbit hole was how does your mindset change when you go camping in a cabin? Uh, you're out cabin camping now Robert no right now Steve I'm, I'm just sitting in my sunroom we still got uh, family over for the holidays my office has been turned into a guest room it was just easier to kind of set up out here so I threw my clothes on came out here and uh, you know just chilling in the cool weather it's actually kind of nice I should shoot more of the podcast out here I think that has the ability to do the hosting I, I don't mind this in the slightest but um, actually Steve we're going to be going to the same camp that you and I went to not too long ago uh, Mel requested we go out for a night, and then uh, I'm going to be talking to you so we can go out for another night in the not-too-distant future. That's a different story. So, yeah, how does your train of thought or your thinking change when you're going camp, going well, camping at a camp or you have something like that available to you? The big thing is you got shelter ready. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's that, that's the big thing. But here here's the kicker. Like the trip we did. And Steve was a part of this particular trip, too, that I'm thinking of. So me, Steve, Chris, and Sean all went on a, on a, on a three-night trip. I think it was two or three nights. Uh, and we went way back there. And here was the thing. We didn't know 100% when we got back there if there would be anyone at the camp. So from our point of view, we still needed to bring shelter. But we didn't want to bring a ton of shelter, so it wasn't so much that we were bringing tents, but we did bring some tarps in case we had to overnight it for a night or two and, and, and sleep outside. But we were really hopeful and we were really, fingers crossed, we would get there and there'd be no one else there. And in fact, we know for a fact that the night before, people passed through. And actually that day, people were coming out when we went in. So we were lucky. And the whole time we were back there, we never seen another soul. So, but we do know, like, there are logs and stuff, but, so, if you're going to something like that, it's great to, to plan on it, but you can't depend it's going to be there and available. Uh, I mean, you guys could go out tomorrow night and somebody could already be there. Mm-hmm. That is the reality that it could be, so we are throwing a tent in the truck, uh, but we're yeah. not getting too extravagant with it, you know what I mean? It's no. just going to be a tent. Yeah. Um, 
The other thing is because there's generally heat, you don't have to go back with as cold weather gear, so you don't have to have this, the, the warmest sleeping bag and the best under pad, but you do need something to keep yourself comfortable. So I still recommend some kind of air mattress uh, that you can pump it up with. Um, and even your cooking's gonna change a bit. Like you don't have to depend on like uh, a fueled stove because you're gonna have a wood stove that you can, you know, especially this time of year, it's cold. You're gonna have the thing going 90% of the time anyways, right? Um, while you're in the cabin, you'll probably have a bit of fire going. It, you may let it go out at night and light it up again in the morning just because you don't want to get up in the middle, but you'll probably stop it up pretty good before you go to bed. And then when you get up in the morning, you're gonna start it up again warm up a kettle and probably cook up some food but your cooking can change a bit more um the other thing is your entertainment like what you're planning and doing changes because now because shelter's not front and center it's more about just relaxing and being out there so you're going to do the things you, you want to do so bring in something like your chainsaw which you know i think is an awesome idea you know you'll probably spend an hour or two gathering and stacking wood Right. That's the plan. Um, you're going to be comfortable enough. You can sit up. You'll probably have a lantern. Like you can bring up like a proper lantern and hang up, and you'll probably be able to play some cards, right? Um, and that is the plan. I mean, for us, legitimately, we're not leaving until about noon. Uh, it gets dark about four thirty. Takes an hour to get there. We're going to blow in say around three or say one, I guess. Sorry, one one thirty. Uh, we're basically going to get there, throw our stuff in the camp, and start doing wood. And then yeah. do wood for one, two hours. It's pretty much going to be time for it to be dark-ish. Enough that we'll want to move into the camp and make sure that we have everything set up for us for the night. We have lights set up. we got our firewood in. We have, you know, we're ready to go. Uh, and then we plan on just literally lighting the lantern over here, playing some cards. I'm uh, reading some books. Like, it, it's pretty low-key, but... I mean, we're going to have a lot of time to do it. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it's all about, you know, getting out there and relaxing without having the extra stress. Because if you've ever gone out and done a hot tent or a natural shelter, you know that the setup time is a significant part of your day. Like, if I'm doing a trip like that, I'm not going out Friday night after work. Um, to start, I'm going to wait till Saturday morning most times. Or if I can get off work early, maybe I'll leave at noon and go straight there. But knowing that it's going to be dark around four, and it's going to take me time to get there, I need at least a few hours to find a site, set it up, get some wood for the first night. Um, I watched um, Lone Wolf 902. Uh, he randomly came on my YouTube, and I couldn't reach the control to shut it off. I'm sorry, Jeremy, if you're listening, but it's the truth. <laughs> but so I was watching it, and one of the things he did, which was a really smart idea, and, and again, I'm sorry I, I, I'm giving you, like, boosting you here in any way, shape, or form. Uh, one of the things he did was he brought himself some some of the uh, pre-made firewood from the hardware store. The, uh, like, the, the, the compacted bio wood or whatever. Because he knew, in order to get this trip done for himself, and he's got a little stove in the back of his, his, his truck, he knew that he might not have time to gather firewood. And I think in this case, he probably did. But, you know, he had thought this through. So having little things like that and planning things out makes it a bit more doable. 
Sorry, I just had a drink delivered. Oh, wow. Thanks, Jeff. No problem. Where, where's They're watching guy? us inside, which is the fun part. Where's my whiskey? I'm sitting outside doing the podcast. They're sitting inside watching the podcast. I think I think they should have brought me a rum. Like I really do. That's what this is. I can smell it. I'm gonna drink it too, and I'm gonna enjoy it. So new kind of cozy. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> that's what I thought. Um, actually, there's another thing that I've often seen left back there is is drinks because you know a lot yes. of these can't. Uh, do do be aware. Uh, I, I'm not for or against it. I'm I'm very neutral. Uh, there is a chance that teenagers, underage people, may go to some of these camps and they will most likely partake in alcohol if it's left there. So just those one of those things, be, be kind of aware of that risk if you are going back there. I mean, just, you've carried back a dozen beer and you drank nine of them. Do you really want to drag back three and somebody that comes by later may really appreciate it? Uh, make sure it's things that aren't likely to freeze. And if you're going to leave them there, make sure it's in a position that if it did freeze and bust. And anyone who thinks alcohol doesn't freeze in a can, you're wrong. <laughs> you are dead wrong. <laughs> that beer blow up in my backpack. I can Yeah. Um, it gets pretty cold, even in Nova Scotia. Um, and when it starts going beyond minus 20, uh, all bets are off on what will and will not freeze. In fact... I'll almost guarantee you most alcohol will turn to slush, if nothing else. Uh, so I've seen beer cans, because it's not that alcoholic. I have seen them explode, and they make quite a lot of mess, and they actually can be kind of dangerous. So just keep that in mind. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, and much like you, I'm not for or against leaving alcohol back there, but that's a real good point. If you leave alcohol back there and they are public camps... Realize, like Ben said, underage folks can wander into these. I mean, uh, it's <laughs> maybe we're dating ourselves now here, Ben, but I can remember going camping when I was like 14 to 16, going to these camps and stuff like that. And nice, warm place to crash. It's better than sleeping on the ground. Um, it happens, you know what I mean? I, I, maybe it's not as common nowadays because time has caught up. People may frown upon a 14-year-old going off into the woods with a couple of his friends on their own. But I'm sure it still happens out in rural areas. I know I wouldn't be surprised if my cousins called me up and said, oh, yeah, we're going camping. They're, you know, 15, 16, somewhere around there. Um, I wouldn't bat an eye to it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe that's wrong. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I was a good boy, whether anyone wants to believe it or not. And I didn't really drink underage. Uh, my first, first drinks were within a, a week of my 19th birthday. But never touched a drop of alcohol until I was 22. <laughs> I'm not sure if I believe you. <laughs> I'm, I'm dead serious, Ben. I never touched. I just had no urge. Oh, yeah? Just, yeah, no, never had no urge to drink. I didn't hang around with crews that drank. So so I, I did occasionally hang around with crews that drank. And they did go into woods. And they did stay in cabins. And we did stay in camps. Um, and we stayed at my parents' cabin. My parents had a cabin. We used to go back. And I was pretty adamant that no one was doing drugs or alcohol in my cabin. And I, I know that it, it happened. Not in my cabin. I know they brought it and they went and drank it or did it else, elsewhere and came back, which was bad enough. But just, just be aware that teenagers do do that sort of stuff. And as soon as I was of age and back and using the cabin, 
we routinely brought a flask back with us and had a few drinks and had a chat. And you know, there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, there's nothing wrong with sitting sitting by the fire and having a drink and chatting with people that you love and like and uh, want to spend that time with. So you're going with your wife. I've gone with buddies. I've taken my wife to trips like this, having a good drink at, in the evening. It's it's nice. It's enjoyable. Um, just do it reasonably. And here's the other thing. You're out there. You're you're you are kind of isolated. Uh, take extra care to be safe because it doesn't take much to get hurt and injured, and all of a sudden someone's coming to help you. Uh, so yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. A little bit of the pop coming back. Um, <laughs> no, that's perfectly right. And once again, I got a lot of benefits working at me going to this camp. Uh, I know it's a locked camp. Uh, I know there's only maybe 20 people left that know its location. 21, 22 actually. We count Steve and his old, uh, one of his daughters there now. Um, but like I said, I know it's a very well maintained camp. It's got lots of firewood. Has an outhouse. Like we are going almost glamping at this point. Don't get me wrong. This is like yeah. high end camping at the very least. But it's still camping. It's still out there. But the the camp to their camp. Anyway, it's in the middle of nowhere. Like, we yeah. are going to drive out of cell service at about 20 minutes, 30 minutes into the drive, and then we're going to drive almost another 45 minutes out of cell service again into the middle of the woods to find this camp. Like, it is out there. And as Ben said, it's something to be aware of. Uh, if you are going to have a few adult beverages or something like that, make sure it's, you know, in moderation. If something goes wrong, you are a long ways out, or we're going to be a long ways out, and the reality of getting somebody to come back for us, pretty much slim to none. Like, we don't hit cell phone reception again until almost back in the cellar. Yeah. Uh, which is not far out from where I live now. Ben knows exactly what I mean. Yeah. And, yeah, it, it's just, you got to be careful with stuff like that. And that is why, you know, generally if I go to these places that are that far out, I try to take somebody else with me. I still try to do good pre-planning. We're still bringing a first aid kit. Uh, we're doing some prep, you know, tonight to get ready for being out there. Just making sure our bodies are ready. We're not going to get out there and, you know, have the runs or something like that. Something like basic things uh, to think about any time you're going camping. So, you know, I'm not going to stay up and eat a whole bunch of bean burritos tonight or something like that. Uh, we laugh, but it, it, it's, you know, real things to concern yourself about. Um, Actually, um, toilet paper is an awesome thing to bring and leave so a lot of these camps that isn't overly thought of and so bringing a few extra rolls and leaving there nobody's ever going to complain and it, they, they really do appreciate it when they need it um it is far better to use toilet paper than pine cones i can tell you that much <laughs> <laughs> pine so, cones are not the best form of toilet paper on the planet so and if you, you have do. a wife, girlfriend, significant other, daughter, female friends, whatever, even more so. They will very much appreciate it. Here's here's one of the other things. Uh, I've I've done these type of camps in uh, national parks where you can you can rent backwoods cabins. Uh, and that's an awesome experience. And those are pretty pretty basic. You walk in, there's not a lot of stuff left at those. And I think that the wardens actually intentionally keep them that way. It's some pretty bare minimums. You got a fire uh, stove, usually like um, a fire pit outside. There's usually a, a wood shed full of wood. 
You're not expected to replace wood on these, like that's part of the service. But everything else you're expected to bring in. And you're supposed to, you're cooking, cleaning and all that. There's usually an outhouse close by, which is pretty neat. Um, so you're, you're bringing this stuff, but you do definitely do have some comfort. I've, I've stayed in these things with my wife, with my brother, with other friends. They're, they're great things. And then you have the, the sort of the, the more impromptu ones that are back to that very few people know of, but the ones that do use it fairly regularly. And the reality is if they find out you've been back there, your name's going to be kind of mud. You don't want to be the guy who went back and ruined it for anyone. Um, and the other thing is there's usually a, a log book in these things where people sign in and sign out and say what they did. And uh, I'm going to say read them. Go back and read and see what people say. There's some really interesting things. And it's the personalities you get to see go through these things are widely varied. Some guys are pretty cold, cut, and dry. They come in, came in Sunday. It was 19 degrees, sunny, uh, slight wind from the east. Uh, stayed five hours, cooked steak, left. That's all they put in. Other people will tell you a life story that it was someone's -so birthday. There was a bunch of us come back. We had a drink. Like it, it's it's a total different thing. It was really neat to see what people say and do. Um, I like the ones that are like, yeah, I came in, I saw a squirrel. Yeah. That's literally the whole entry. You're just like, okay. <laughs> um, no, you're right. You get to kind of peer behind the veil, so to speak, at people's window of life and what's important to them is what I find you get a lot out of these things too. Like the things they mention are what they thought were important for that trip. Yeah. And at a total other end of the spectrum that you can still do, and I still think it, it counts, the one we used to do was Irwin Lakes, and I'll give them a shameless plug because I think they deserve it. But they had a rental cabin outside of Truro, and we used to go out there and rent. And one of them had a hot tub even. like it, it had power, but it's in the middle of the woods, and you can go out. And here you walk in, you get a microwave, you probably get a blender, you get a full oven, and you got like a full bathroom inside, a couple of... And the same thing, though, it's very similar. Like you, you book your thing, you show up. And you could spend a night in the woods and that's the bougiest of, of them and then there's probably the next level down is kind of like do you guys a locked cabin that you have access to and then you have the unlocked cabins that anyone has access to and uh then you have sort of the next level down which is the bare bones which is is just an enclosed space and there's nothing else in it right but all these things add an element to it because it it's 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 a booster because it's morale. It gets you somewhere to safe. Usually a bit more roomy. If you stay in a tent, you can't touch the walls. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's you can't even stand to get changed. Everything gets a little bit more difficult. Am I complaining? No, I, I absolutely love doing this stuff. But I am aware that there's a level of discomfort when staying in some of these lightweight shelters versus a permanent fixture. Uh, so. Yeah, it's good. they're good times, so I, I really do enjoy them. And that's the thing. That's kind of what I want to bring to light to this, is because I do get the, oh, you're going to a cabin. That's not bushcrafting. Why not? I'm still going to be using a lot of the skills that I'd still use any time I go camping or out in the woods. The only difference is my shelter's taken care of. And because my shelter's taken care of, that's a major thing done. You can free up a bunch more time to do things you want, or you can invest into other skills. 
Uh, or you can just kick back and relax. Now there is actually free time, Ben, and we always make the joke that there's no free time when you're bushcrafting. You're always doing something. You're always trying to better your situation, make yourself more comfortable, uh, you know, whatever. In this instance, if I wanted to, I could literally blow in, turnkey, set up, and be done. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to do some stuff. Like I said, I'm going to do some firewood. I'm going to tidy up a little while I'm there. I'm going to check out the outhouse, make sure it doesn't need anything. I'm going to look at the woodshed. I know there was a board back there that was getting seedy. I'm going to see if I get that replaced. Like, I am going to do some things, but the reality is I don't need to do any of that. I could legitimately walk in, sit down in the camp, get a fire going, put my feet up, pull out my book, and that's my day. If that is your thing, if that's the level where you're at, that is what you can do by cabin camping or getting to any kind of pre-made shelter, especially that has heat and you're in the cooler areas because daylight runs out fast. You have a lot of time kind of to yourself. Even if you go to bed early, like you want to go to sleep around 8, you still got almost four hours where you're just going to be sitting around inside or wandering around outside. Uh, there is a fire pit there on the outside, which will probably make a little fire and sit around it, you know listen to the night more than anything because there's a river close by and it's a nice little area and stuff like that but we are going to do a good majority of relaxing that was the point of this that is why we selected a cabin instead of trying to go winter camping because that adds a whole lot more activity on top of you know just getting out there to enjoy it which is good in its own if that's the trip you want to take which for us, that's not what we're looking for. Our time's limited. We know we're going to get there later in the day. We just want to be able to kind of enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. And, and every trip's different. It, you really have to consider who you're going with and what your overall goal is. If your overall goal is to just, you know, spend some time with somebody and enjoy the outdoors, that gives you a lot of edge towards that. If your goal is to get out there and really hone your bushcrafting skills then that's a different trip. But it's not a trip that allows you to that, that personal time. And it, it, both are very important in life. Uh, and it's very important overall. And those, you know, you're, you're going to have a great time. I wish you the best in this trip. Um, and yes, you're going to do some firewood. You're going to do chores together. You're going to bond together. You're going to have some time when it's just about you guys. Uh, which is definitely part of these trips. Like getting out is always about multiple things. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think we're relaxing and resetting. You know what I mean? We've said that in past episodes. I think we even said it in our interview. It's getting out there and kind of resetting the internals. And that's what yeah. this is all about. We want to go out. We know there is no technology to be had. We're just going to disconnect and kind of reset. We only have one night. That's the limiting factor. So we're trying to make the most of it for what we can. But so, the idea is when we come back, a lot of the stress and stuff's gone, and that's kind of what the chores do for me, honestly, because to just go out and sit down and do nothing uh, might be a bit much for me. I need to do something. I need to be somewhat busy. It actually helps me relax, and I'm sure most people that are into bushcrafting have a, a very similar mindset. Most people don't go up just, or sorry, most people don't go out, sit down in amongst the trees and be like, yep, this is nice. I'll stay here for three days. Uh, you're going to set up your camp, you're going to put up your tarps, your hammock, your tent, whatever case may be, firewood. It's the whole process that relaxes you. And if you take the process out, it might not be as fulfilling. Um, and that's why we tried to incorporate a few little chores into it for us. But once again, as Ben said, every trip's different, everybody's different. Maybe your thing is you just want to go out and chill. Literally, just, you know, kick your feet up and that's going to be it. So and that's what we are... accepted to do. 
You guys are going to be close to your vehicle all the time, so you don't have to worry about packing a pack. You can put, put things in Rubbermaid containers, pull them out quickly. There's a few <laughs> niceties you can do. Excuse me. I inhaled that. But yeah, that's exactly it. I'm not packing a bag. Yeah. But other than that, a lot of the gear you're going to take is the same. You're still going to take, you know, a lot your your knives, your axe, your saw. You're still probably going to take a tarp because, well, you do. Um, mm -hmm. You're still going to take a sleeping bag and a mattress. You're still going to take things to cook with. Although you notice, you know that you may not need them as much. You may not take the biggest cook set you have. You just may take a bath up in case you need it. So you can get away with a few other things. But then on the flip side, because you expect to have shelter and room, maybe you'll take some games. Maybe you'll take some other things that, to entertain yourselves. So there's a trade-off. Maybe you'll take some batteries to keep your cell phones charged up a bit longer because you're going to be able to use them. Whatever you want. Um, no, and that's exactly Prime example is our cook setup. Just as you said there, Ben. I know I'm going to have the wood stove. I'm still taking this... Uh, <clears throat> a butane stove with me, but it's not my pocket stove. I'm literally bringing a full-on butane stove, two burners, like the whole works. Because I got the area set it up, and if I do just want to cook quickly, I can literally set it on the tailgate, cook, and I'm good to go. Or I can cook on the wood stove. Or maybe I don't use it at all, but seeing I have the entire truck, I can throw it in there and not have to worry about it because I'm not carrying it. That's the yeah. beauty of this, is I'm not carrying or I'm not carrying it far. You know what I mean? I'm not carrying it in four kilometers unless the road block. Um, I'm going to be carrying it in maybe a hundred feet. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think we can kind of wrap this one up here. Uh, we're a couple minutes earlier than normal, but. And that's okay. That's all good. I knew it was going to be a quicker episode anyway, but I thought it was still good to chat about. We've never really chatted about camping, uh, or sorry, cabin camping. But just as we kind of round to the end of this, something you and I talked about last night that I thought would be worth mentioning. Uh, next episode's our 200th episode. It is. Shocking, isn't it? 200th episode, what's more impressive, is the amount of time we've been doing this thing. It's almost been four years, bud. I know. I know. We, we discovered this yesterday, it, 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 and I think both of us thought, thought it was like two and a half, maybe going on three, not four. Uh, I thought we were, you know, I thought we might be coming up on three years, in all honesty. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, you know, I've been doing it maybe three years. We've been doing this forever. It's like three years. No, man, we're almost four years in. Yeah. Um, and we've covered a lot of subjects, and we're not in it yet. And, and in some ways, a lot of subjects we're coming up on now is stuff that we have talked about in the past. But now we've learned more. We've done things. Uh, I've got a few products over Christmas that I think I'm going to want to bring up in future episodes. I want to chat a bit about... Um, there may be some potential for some gear review stuff. Um, so I'm kind of excited for some of that stuff. Um, but yeah, there's still a lot to chat about and, and different perspectives to look at some stuff. And I think one of these things is um, I've done cabin camping. I own a cabin in Nova Scotia. And I still love to go back to it whenever I can. Um, that one is sort of on the bougie side, but not as bougie as I've been to. I've been in bougie cabins where there was full out on like furnaces in the basement and and you know plasma tvs and you're like this is just another house but it is what it is right it was in the woods and it was someone's getaway uh the fact is any type of getaway into the woods you know generally involves some level of bushcrafting um 
even some walks in the path in a in a in a park within communities within cities can be considered bushcrafting so where does bushcrafting begin and end it could be one of their future episodes uh, what yeah okay <laughs> what's the yeah that could be a whole other co- to, um topic i'm yeah. good with leaving that for another episode before i dive down that rabbit hole so uh just so, saying here chris is saying he's listening to us from the beginning is on episode 112 which was about our two-year mark <laughs> um and yeah four years into this man i mean we're we're a couple episodes off don't get us wrong we need what is it two four six eight I guess it'll be 208th episode. Will technically be our fourth year. 52. Yeah, I, I feel weeks like we started in a March. I feel like it was a March start. I don't know why. Yeah, I'm not sure. But anyway, we're, we're close to four years. Closer than either of us thought we were going to be. Yeah. Uh, eight episodes in. Yeah, that basically put us to March. We haven't missed. We have not missed the show yet. And that's the other this thing. This is the first time we've ever even changed the night. And that's only because they didn't want to stick Ben on his own. And you know what? I thought this was a great topic to at least chat about for a few minutes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so every week we have managed to do one. This is the first time we've, we've moved to date. Um, and it's only been by 24 hours. Um, we have, since we started, moved time because we're now, you know, clean across the country. We, we've broadened our, our range. Uh, we've done this thing over multiple provinces, uh, multiple locations. Uh, between us, we've done five or six different locations in Nova Scotia alone. Uh, yep. I think I've done, we were, I've we've done, hit a lot of provinces, as you said, Ben. We were talking about that as well. We've hit a handful of the provinces already, and we're hoping to get more. Yeah. So, you know, things have happened. Uh, we may have even done one, and I, and I can't. Can't remember. Did we do one when I was in Texas one time? No. Were you in Texas? I don't. You might have called in. I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah. So. Yeah. So there's been things, but anyways, uh, we we are doing well. We're enjoying it, and we have no plans in stopping yet, or or none that I'm aware of. No, none so. that I'm aware of either. I'm surprised we went this long. We have been on air, and I say air by internet, longer than a lot of quote-unquote successful TV shows. Yeah. <laughs> which is kind of interesting, because if you pick a TV show, generally they give you a half-hour of content, which boils down to about 23 minutes for a you know, half-hour episode by the time you jam all the commercials and stuff in. And we're here basically every week giving you an hour of what we consider entertainment, I think that's high quality entertainment. We're shooting our horn over a little bit. <laughs> I have to catch the beginning later. Hey, fish, welcome to the show, buddy. Yeah, we're just wrapping up. You talk about your borders. I want to hop across the border and see some of Canada. Chris, bud, you should definitely come up. Uh, and if you see me zoom in there, it's because I'm on my laptop and I can't yeah. see any of it. This is why I have an office, generally. But, uh, yeah, Chris, if you want to make it up to north of the border, bud, if you want to go east coast or west coast, just shoot a message and we can show you either coast and anything in between. Because <laughs> between the both of us, I know we've been to every province. 100% we've been to every province. So I haven't done Saskatchewan yet. I've been to Saskatchewan. I've been, I I think I alone have been to all the provinces yeah. in Canada and most of the states. But that's that's another story. 
Yeah. My time in Quebec was pretty limited, but I was in Quebec. Um, oh, I never said I stayed anywhere for any length of time. Don't yeah. misunderstand. But, uh, yeah. But, but yeah, anyways. anyway, uh, long story short, coming up on the 200th episode, uh, I know for the 100th episode we did a giveaway. Uh, ben and I will have to chat, see what we can come up with for the 200th episode, even if we do, do something funky and fun. Um, we'll try and make it memorable somehow. For sure. Okay. Well, I know it's getting late for you, and I'm uh, I'm recovering, so I'm going to say I noticed we never talked about everything that's going on there. <laughs> you just left it alone. So we'll leave everybody in suspense about that, and the mis- the mystique will stay for now. Um, but yeah, I think that's it for me tonight. I just wanted to touch on this a little bit because cabin camping is definitely a thing that's big in our neck of the woods. Uh, as Ben said, northern... I want to say provinces, but even the northern states and stuff like that, you get a lot of snowmobiling. Cabin camping kind of becomes a thing, you know what I mean? In the winter, not everybody has a hot tent, but cabins are generally available if you know where to look. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and we really can't tell you how to find them, but if you're if, if you're really interested, I'm sure you'll find a ways. Um, but ask around. Some, some do show up on the internet. Most of them are more private than that. But uh, a lot of forms and stuff, people will tell you them. I've had a few shared with me just through random conversations. Uh, and it's interesting. Don't be shy to talk to people, any people, and tell them what you're passionate about. You'd be surprised what people will share with you. It's actually fun. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, wait, did we get something else? Oh, no, just people saying uh, the normal things and saying enjoy the trip. And I said I'll try and get a few pictures. Uh, I know there was a request to hopefully get some video. Uh, video might be limited. I don't actually like videoing where we're going because uh, there's different reasons. I just don't enjoy doing the videoing there for different reasons. But pictures potentially. We'll see 10, how 10, 11 goes. hours from you guys. I mean, we're in two ends of the provinces. We're five, five, six days apart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, province of country, yeah, he's right? 10 hours to one of us at least. But... By flight? Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> Anyways, I know we've been invited to different countries since we started this oh hell uh heck yeah uh i can remember the netherlands ireland uh the u.s a couple yeah. places if we ever blow in i know we got <laughs> people to visit it's just getting the ability to blow in <laughs> yeah anyway we're still broke bud <laughs> still broke we have still not turned a profit and it's not looking good this year nope and but. nor are we even really trying we do this for the love not for the money that's for sure yeah yeah anyways see y'all later uh take care get out there have fun i know i'm planning on getting out there soon and uh maybe we can share some of that in a future episode too um i'm going to chat with you quickly after this on a few things um yeah get out there have fun thanks everyone for coming out robert hey everybody uh i'll try and get some pictures up i'm going off grid for at least 48 hours so i will not be talking to anybody including yourself ben unfortunately but uh, once i get back i'll try and get a few pictures up and at least let everybody know that i'm alive sounds good that all